I fell off the couch and I went, they blended him. They blended him. So and much blood. Just... So much blood over and over and over. So there's no body, no nothing. It's just he gets sucked into the bed and comes out in buckets. Marion's Innocence, Julia's Corruption. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, which meticulously kept track of every horror film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and how to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook. Breaking them down one by one, geeking out over all the ghastly minutia, and, and ultimately, ultimately illuminating the, the path, path to survival. Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Horror Movie Survival Guide. My name is Julia Marchesi. And I'm Marion Kerr. And you're listening to episode one. One. Very exciting. Super. We are recording here at the circus. We are the first podcast from Indie Popcorn. Pretty so excited. Just say it again. <laughs> um, and uh, this episode, you're going to be hearing about Nightmare on Elm Street. The episode's called "I'm Into Survival." So, so let's talk about our horror background. Let's talk about that. Why are we here? Why are we doing this podcast? Um, so I've been a. My name is Julia, and I've been a horror fan for quite some time. I was uh, the one who was showing everybody horror movies in junior high at sleepovers. Many a friend had to watch Pet Cemetery. Uh, we got into Hellraiser territory when I was in in high school. I got a little more hardcore. Um, I was actually uh, quite quite afraid of Freddy Krueger as a child, and remember having terrible, terrible nightmares. Um, but it all led to kind of a gore hound feel. Um, and then I met Marion in college. Yeah, and I was the girl who was avoiding Julia in uh, in junior high. Not not actually Julia, but girls like Julia because uh, I had no interest in horror movies at all whatsoever. Um, I didn't see. I just avoided them like the plague and had no interest. And in, I didn't see my first horror movie until Julia and I met in college, um, our senior year. Uh, she was appalled that I had never seen well a lot of movies, but specifically. A Nightmare on Elm Street. I had never seen it, never seen any Freddy Krueger movies, and she was like, we're watching this. Because I saw Nightmare on Elm Street and I, in high school, and I just, it's the best horror movie there is. And so for me, I was like, okay, so let's, I'm, I'm going to show you, this was the, the deal kind of I struck with Marion was like, I'm going to show you Nightmare on Elm Street. This is this one, it's the best one there is, in my opinion, and if you don't like it after that, then that's okay. And I but was like, like, give this one a try and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like, if you want me to watch this like gross movie about like a bunch of stupid girls and like this guy who like slashes them, like, I guess I can like spend 90 minutes of my life doing that. <laughs> but like, this isn't going to go anywhere. Trust me. And then. And then. We watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm, it ended and I remember turning to Julia and. I, I just thought the character of Nancy was incredible and so awesome and so badass. And I was like, are they all like this? Like, this, were these, like, amazing women just, like, totally take over the situation and ignore their parents and don't meet their boyfriends and, you know, all their friends die around them. And they totally come up with, like, these ingenious traps and ploys and whatever and kill the big bad at the end and, be- and, and become the final girl. Um, and she's like, yeah. That's the that's that's like the deal. That's like the tropes with these movies. And I was like, I'm totally in. Like, let's let's watch all. Like, what else is there? So we decided uh, to make it our goal to learn how to survive horror movies. So and be a final um, girl. We wanted to be the final girl. So um, we uh, went to Gold Star Video, which was the name of the video store near us where we lived. Uh, in Orange County, mm-hmm. and we made it our goal. We were going to watch every horror movie in the horror movie section of that mm-hmm. of that video store. Um, 
and learn how to survive. Yeah, basically. Because that was the thing that I thought was so interesting about it is like watching that basically it wasn't so much about for me anyway, watching it wasn't so much about like the terror wrought on these people. It was about putting myself in the shoes of the final girl and be like, all right, what would I do? What would you do, Marion? What would you do? You know, and like watching all the different ingenious things they come up with because like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm into survival. Like Nancy says, and like, I want to, I want to be a final girl. And that became way more interesting to me than like any other, any other part of it. So we went through and then we also decided once we started going through it that we were going to keep a notebook, which we will talk about later in more detail, but yes. we were going to keep a notebook that's going to go, that went through and like tracked each of these movies where we write down what the movie is, who was in it, common themes, all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, we got really, really hardcore about it and decided that pretty you couldn't just watch the movies. You also had to log them all and talk about the minutia. Definitely. So I hope you're into minutia because you're going to get a lot of that. <laughs> get ready for it, kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's let's talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. So this yeah. film came out in 1984, uh, directed by Wes Craven, who we all know and love, mm-hmm. uh, R.I.P. And Wes took this movie, came from an actual story that he read of a, of a boy who had been saying that there was somebody in his dreams that were trying to kill him, and then he actually died in his sleep. Yeah. So he took that idea and brought it to mm-hmm. uh, this film. So uh, starts out uh, with... Boiler Boiler Room, which mm-hmm. will forever ruin Boiler Rooms for everybody, this film. Um, I just remember there's like, you know, you have Tina in a nightgown. She's very sweaty. She's running around. And there's this sheep that shows up. And it's just like that like freaks me out so bad, yeah. that sheep. I don't know why that sheep is there. Because I think there's something about it that's very dreamlike. Right. It's something that's something about it that I feel like there's always this weird thing when people, filmmakers, kind of write movies where there's a dream sequence, and the dream sequence in them are never really what your dreams are like. They're always much more bizarre. Where you're like, yeah, I was walking down the street, and I was walking down the street, and then all of a sudden, like a dragon was there. You know, I mean, just like stuff that doesn't make any sense. And I feel like the goat or the sheep was like that. Like once you saw that, you're like, oh, okay, oh, all right, this is what we're doing. Like we're we're doing this for reals. And you first meet Nancy and and. The, the, I mean, the thing about, you know, horror movies is you have these final girls that start out kind of wimpy and then get kind of hardcore. But I feel like Nancy, like, starts out a little bit hardcore. Like, mm-hmm. she's definitely different. She has her her little best friend group. We have Nick Corey. We have Amanda Weiss and Johnny Depp, of course, in his yep. starring, starring debut, his debut mm-hmm. um, where he's shockingly normal. Yeah. You know, he's pretty square. Like, yeah. he's like the square one. He wears a sweater vest. He does point. wear a sweater vest. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's uh-huh. pretty square. Um, and then Nancy's parents, we have uh, John Saxon, who mm-hmm. is the worst dad and cop of all time, and uh, Ronnie Blakely, who is being trying to be drunk mom, but we just feel like she comes off like wax figure mom. Like, she looks very... She doesn't look normal. Orange? I yeah. Think she looks a little <laughs> waxy, a little waxy. waxy. Yeah. So that's, you know, an added thing is you have Nancy who, who her parents are kind of useless, which um, will mm-hmm. come up as another horror trope. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have uh, Freddy Krueger, who uh, arguably is the scariest villain mm-hmm. ever written uh, because he's just terrifying and burned and, you know, likes to kill children, which is no, no good in anybody's book, uh-huh. um, but is also coming to you in a place where there's no escape, which is... Your sleep, where yes. you cannot escape. I did like that. I also, what I remember we used to laugh about too is when, and this this actually comes up in a lot of other horror movies that we watched, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But I really enjoy when they put all these friends together and like they just fight and they clearly don't seem to like each other. Where I'm like, what is that with like these movies where it's like groups of friends in horror movies that they just 
argue and don't like each other. So they have that party sequence or sort of a party. It's a sleepover mm-hmm. where um, Tina is going to uh, invite Nancy and everyone to come over. And they just fight the whole time. Like, why are you? Like, yeah, I don't understand. Tina and Rod seem to hate each other. And yes. yes. Well, that's, I, I guess that's part of the... And Rod hates Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like everyone hates Rod. And like Johnny Depp doesn't want to be there. And it's just very... Uh, that, I don't know. I always thought that was just really funny. So, for, you know, as, as everyone knows, Nightmare on Elm Street has uh, numerous sequels. Uh, and Freddy Krueger gets sillier and sillier in each one and mm-hmm. more, more hammy. But we have a villain here in the first one that is terrifying. Uh, so the first death we have in this film... And, and, and the thing about this is... You can't really talk about horror movies without talking about the deaths. So there's going to be spoilers on on this. So if you haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. stop right now. Watch <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and then you can come talk. Listen to us talk about Tina's death because Tina's death is the best death for me on on camera ever on film. It's amazing. It's pretty good. Um, but practical effects are you know that one of the things that's so great about Nightmare on Elm Street is that the practical effects are outstanding and so that's why it holds up is it looks just as good now as it did mm-hmm. back in 1994 so with uh tina's death you have the kind of fred astaire room spinning right use in a whole different way totally um which just every time i've ever shown it to somebody there's just silence mm-hmm. during that sequence like no but like you're just so your mind is so blown by yeah. it that there's it's and really I, incredible. And I really liked that they really, like from a filmmaking point of view, that they let the effect just like go on its own. Like there's no music, there's no whatever. It's like this horrible thing where like this girl's being, you know, dragged up the walls, across the ceiling, and she's just screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. And there's no music that's like, this is the scary part. It's like, no, no, that that's good. Like a woman dragged across and screaming, that's all you need. That's it. Um, so I think amazing. that it, right from there, you kind of like grab the horror hounds and go, okay, like this is what you're in for. And you also realize from Nancy's perspective, like this is what she's up against. Like this is what this thing has done to her best friend. There you go, team. Like, go, you know, that's, that's, that's the big bad that you have to fight. And there's so many, even in that, it, when she's in the house, when she, right before Nancy, uh, I'm sorry, Tina gets killed, you have the kind of coming out of the wall effect mm-hmm. that Freddie does. And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's so many just awesome practical things. No, it is really cool. So you have, you have Tina's death. Then we, mm-hmm. we move on to Rod who, who don't run guys. If you didn't do anything, <laughs> just don't run. Look, if your girlfriend dies in a horrible way in front of you, don't run. It's just, it's, I know you want to, I know the instincts there, but it's just, it's not going to work out for you. It's really not. Um, so of course Rod is accused immediately of Tina's murder. And then Nancy has to try and stand up for him thinking, even though she doesn't like him as we've established, um, that he can't be it, that he's not the killer. But nobody seems to listen to Nancy Mm-mm. at all. No. During no. this film. No, not at all. And then eventually Freddie does come for Rod in the jail cell, which is yes. another practical effect, which is it, it's okay. It, I mean, you can't, you, right. you go so big with Tina, you can't really top it. So you kind of got to like start out with something huge. You slide back a little bit. You do right. something a little bit and then you keep building up. To, yeah. 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 To yeah. The next uh-huh. Building up to Johnny Depp. Getting it. Pretty scary. Sorry. <laughs> I'm having a moment. I'm just making eyes at Julia right now. Um, because Johnny's death, uh, Johnny Depp's death, uh, in this movie is seminal horror movie moment for me, but am I, am I skipping? Should I, should we, should we not get there? I just, I just, I love that. So Marion, there was only a very few times that Marion uh, fell off the couch because yeah. something was so scary. And this was, and Johnny Depp's death in this movie was one of the times that she actually fell off the couch. Yeah. On the, onto the ground. Yeah. Cause again, I mean, I hope you've seen this kids, but, uh, he falls asleep, even though Nancy tells him you can't fall asleep because, like, Nancy's super bright and starting to like work all this out, and she realizes that they're being that they're that they're in peril when they're asleep. So 
she drinks a bunch of coffee, takes a bunch of pills, does all this stuff to try and not fall asleep for as long as she can, and tells him that he can't fall asleep, which of course he does watching TV, and he gets sucked into the bed. And then they do this great thing where he gets sucked into the bed, and there's this horrible noise. And then he comes out of the bed, and I remember telling Julie, like, I fell off the couch, and I went, they blended him, they blended him. So much blood. So much blood over and over and over. So there's no body, no nothing. It's just he gets sucked into the bed and comes out in buckets. Yeah, in liquid form. And it was, I was leaning so far at the edge of the couch, like, what, because I was like, what's going to come out of the bed? What's going to come out of the bed? No part of me thought that, like, buckets of Johnny Depp goo was going to come out of the bed, and it did, and I fell. Yeah. Something about Johnny Depp in this film that's not ever clear is whether Johnny Depp, Glenn, if mm-hmm. you will, is having the nightmares. Because mm-hmm. Nancy and Tina talk about it at their first sleepover, mm-hmm. and Glenn kind of looks up startled when they, yeah. met, when they mention the man with the striped sweater and the dirty hat. But uh-huh. we never actually learn if he's just a harmless victim who's never had nightmares or if he's just being macho. I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't – yeah, I can't really tell. I sort of assume that he is, and he's just not talking about it, you know? But I feel like – because all the other kids are, so I don't see why he wouldn't. But, yeah, they are not super clear about that point. But the – we have so the the scene that 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 struck it for Marion. We have uh, Nancy finally realizing what's going on and how she's going to have to take charge herself. This is after she has been not sleeping for seven days. Yeah, uh, which is badass. That you know you have <laughs> you have all these horror movie heroines who like you know over one night and they're like freaking out and like she hasn't slept in seven days and she's going to kick some ass. Right. So she comes out uh, and she's reading a book on how to set booby traps. Yeah. That's right, yeah, because Johnny Depp sees her reading the book, and he's like, what are you reading all that for? And that's when she says her famous line, I'm into survival. And it's like, yeah, 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 because, like, the dad doesn't believe, police officer father does not believe her. Mom is pretty much drunk at this point the entire time. Two friends are dead. Boyfriend's not interested. And so she just, yeah, they have this whole amazing sequence where she just starts with, like, sledgehammers and light bulbs with gunpowder, just sets up, like, all these elaborate booby traps from, like, her basement up the stairs into her bedroom. And then goes to sleep, like in her night, in her pajamas, and like is re- does ready for battle. Um, and it's it's amazing. Um, so yeah, the plan the plan oops the plan seems to be that she's going to grab Freddie from the dream and then make herself wake up. Like right. that's the plan. Is the man with knives for hands? Is that you're going to you're going to see him, lull him out, and then tackle him, and then wake yourself up. And after your boyfriend is blended, this means you have to do this. By yourself, which is something that we've learned uh, watching as many horror movies we have, and we've watched hundreds of horror movies together, is that basically you're going to have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to want help from other people. Mm, it's yeah. not going to work. No. And I feel like the, 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 the people that don't make it, like the, the people that are friends or whatever, are people who are running around like, help me, somebody do this, da 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 It's like, no, listen, kids, you want to be a final girl. Like, no, you can't ask for help. Like, no one, I mean, you can try, but like, those people are probably going to die. Like, you're probably, you just have to do it on your own. Um, and even your sheriff dad can't save you. Even your sheriff dad can't save you. Yeah. Um, so, no, but that's basically precisely what she does. She brings him back in and then... In the beginning, they're sort of like, she, you, know, you think it doesn't work, and then he, like, jumps out of the bed, and they fight, and she runs all the way down uh, into the basement, and he gets, like, sledgehammered in the chest, and, like, explode, light bulbs with gunpowder explode and go off all around him, and then he is set on fire yep. in an amazing stunt sequence down a basement where they have, like, a stunt The poor fight. stunt man who has to fall down the stairs on fire. This guy was on fire, ran up some stairs, and then was pushed back down the stairs, and then went back up the stairs all in one shot, all on fire. Like, amazing. Completely amazing. Again, practical. Awesome practical effect. Um, 
so yeah, and then basically, so at the very end, but the, the, the big the big defeat is this theme that also Julie and I see come up again and again, um, where eventually how she does it is he gets to be his, he gets her mom, he, you know, it's like the ultimate kind of scary, like now I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And she turns her back on him. She says that she's not afraid of him anymore and that, you know, I take away any bit of power I ever gave you and why he's completely terrifying. She turns her back on him. And when he goes for her, he turns into like stardust or something, like some sort of like. It's an, it's an awkward choice of, yeah. of effect. But it, it is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of glitter. Like he sort of glitters away. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I get the which, point. Which, which completely goes away, you know, because then you have Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 and, and that's right. just kind of. So glitter doesn't So, nothing. you know, but we have right. the powerful, the powerful woman who's turning her back on the man right. and, and taking away his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the um, best, if not mentioned, tacked on ending at, yeah. you know, where uh, Freddie's back for more. Right. And maybe it's all a dream and, and who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about this film is that it's so well-written and well-thought-out. And, and you know, Freddy is an incredible villain because you have... So we learn in the film, of mm-hmm. course, that, that the parents... So the, so Freddy had been killing children on Elm Street mm-hmm. and, and the parents turned against him and burned him for the for the child murderer that he was. But, of course, comes makes a deal with Satan, comes back bigger and stronger and now mm-hmm. going to act revenge on all of these children. So you have this... You know, the, the thing about a lot of these series is you have someone like Michael Myers or you have someone like Jason who we're never really clear what their deal is. Like Michael Myers is just evil and Jason who knows what Jason, cause that's just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with, with Freddie, you actually have a reason why you can't kill him and why he keeps coming back. And he right. actually has like made a deal with demons and that kind right. of stuff. So you have this larger than life, terrifying villain that a teenage girl is able to best. Yeah. Um, so it gives you hope. Yeah. And I also just like the idea too, that it's something that's just inescapable. Like you take something sort of as innocuous as sleep, which like you, everyone has to do, like you have to sleep, like there's no way out of it. And as soon as you do that, like that's when he can get you. Cause I feel like you also would have this sort of thing in horror movies where you're like, when someone would, you know, someone's out to get them or someone, there's not some other big bad. And it's like, look, just call the police. Like, why are you running? Why are you doing this? Da-da-da? But like, really, like if you think about the scenario in a real world scenario, like nobody would believe you if you're just like, look, this thing gets me in my dreams and he's going to kill me and then I'll die in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, she would be on her own. Like it is, you know, I, I think it's a great idea. So Nancy is the character that we have that's our, our favorite final girl mm-hmm. and the one that really started it all mm-hmm. and started this madness of this horror movie notebook. So it yeah. is a, it is a large <laughs> blue notebook embarrassingly full so plastered full. with uh pictures from various horror movies um mm-hmm. that we have filled to the brim uh, alphabetical of course, of course um of films that we have watched um so we ended up watching 200 something films yeah. that that year mm-hmm. um so we have uh it's it's very very nerdy we have synopsis we have uh, mm-hmm. common themes mm-hmm. we have notable people we have deaths or or other parts worth noting mm-hmm. as well as quotes as well as actors and taglines and what we learned mm-hmm. um so we have a rating system that we've done for all these films and so there are uh only a few that are all around fives Right. So this one is an all-around five for us. So we have the one through five is for uh, what Julia thinks about it on a scale of one to five, what I think about it on a scale of one to five. Um, and then we also have a, the gore factor, which is a one through five. Um, so for the gore factor, uh, we give it a one if it's not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup, a two if it's a puddle of blood, three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer, 
four, a bathtub of blood, and five, run for the barf bag, because it's pretty bad. <laughs> and for our movie rating system, we have zero to five chainsaws. We felt good about that. We felt good about that. Um, so we have one chainsaw if you're desperate, two chainsaws if, you barely, if it barely qualifies as a horror film, three chainsaws if you've seen worse and better, four, not too shabby, five chainsaws, fantastical. So Nightmare on Elm Street for us, all around fives. Yeah. One for the barf bag, Bloodwise, and also Fantastic Oracle. Yeah. Um, really, just there isn't I there isn't a better a better one. Like whenever people ask me, because it's it's hard. People ask you what's your favorite horror movie. I go, okay, it's Nightmare on Elm Street, which is my favorite horror movie, but not necessarily the scariest film I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So it there's that kind of it's the horror fans always have their little like. Yeah, and I feel like people, different people go into it, obviously, for different things. I mean, I feel like, obviously, it's near and dear to my heart because it was my first one. But also, yeah, I think, especially when there's so many practical effects and the story and the basic idea is so good, it has this, like, timeless quality that I feel like that just holds up. Like, that just super, the thing that kills you in your dreams, a super creative, terrible monster man, that, like, that's just, that's solid. And to have, like, the deaths be, like, these practical, whatever, like, that's just never not scary. You could refilm that death scene today, and as long as you didn't like throw a bunch of music on it, like it would be great. Like it and would be I, super great. I didn't see. I won't see the remake that they did. The new Nightmare on Street. There's no. Nece- mm-hmm. There's no need for it for mm-hmm. me. Like I don't know if they tried to like recreate Tina's death or make it what they did with it. I don't even know. I remember hearing that like. So he originally, Freddy, in this film, is a child murderer. And the original idea that Wes Craven had was to make him a pedophile. But then he was like, no, they decided to change a child murderer. And then I heard when they did the redo, they made him a pedophile again. And like, is that, that was, I mean, but it's already pretty bad. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like that really yeah. makes it that much worse. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Again, that just kind of makes me feel like you don't think like you have to up the ante on him. I'm like, I don't know if you really need to. Like, Child murder like is pretty, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It also reminds me of that amazing monologue that Ronnie Blakely has when she's like explaining to Nancy when she, she goes down to the, like their basement and she finds his glove the knife glove like wrapped up in this like dirty disgusting rag like in a boiler or something and it's like I forget the thing she says at the end it's like you know it's okay you don't have to be worried about him because mommy killed him or something like that something amazing like my, that my favorite line of hers is uh at the funeral and and her John Saxon and Ronnie Blakely had their little interchange and Ronnie Blakely I'm gonna get her some help uh-huh <laughs> and I and Ronnie Blakely nominated was nominated for or won an Academy no she was nominated for an Oscar I think for, for, Nashville. for Nashville yeah uh, which is always shocking to me because uh, she's kind of terrible in this movie, but I can't tell if she's trying to be terrible drunk or she's just terrible. I, I don't know. I think maybe it's the drunk thing. I, yeah. I mean, it's my first time ever seeing Ronnie Blakely in anything, which maybe is like shameful to say, but uh, yeah, I remember you and I were just like, what is her deal? Like what is going on here? You know, um, that does also remind me of um, other favorite quotes, the whole Hamlet. So what I what we also enjoyed about this is we learned later on that uh, Wes Craven was a college professor, right? And so you have these sort of, they always have these kind of rote school scenes that are in kind of all these movies the, with the featured teenagers. And in Nightmare on Elm Street, they're actually kind of good. Like they're doing uh, Nancy's English class where they're reading Shakespeare. And the first time they're reading, the first sequence you see, they're reading Julius Caesar. But then um, when Nancy's been awake for 
however many days, she's in class and they're discussing Hamlet and a boy has to stand up and read part of Hamlet, which is like they have this great actor who's just like, uh, like reading the lines. And he's kind of like Spicoli reading Hamlet. Totally. Like he has no idea the things that he's saying and he really wishes he didn't have to be there to say it. Um, but then Nancy falls asleep and all of a sudden the actor uh, changes the way in which she's saying it. Like she kind of wakes up and or opens her eyes and she knows she's asleep because the actor is there reading it and he reads uh, this quote from Hamlet in this really creepy voice, which I'm not going to attempt to do for you, um, where he says, Oh God, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space were it not that I have bad dreams. And that's how you know that Nancy's asleep. Yeah, and then Tina shows up in a body bag and Correct. has worms crawl out of her mouth. Yes, and, then dragged and calls her name Nancy, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, if I, if I showed up in a body bag to you and was like, Marion, come follow me, would you do it? Do I know I'm dreaming or is it like, I'm not sure. You're not sure. I'm not sure. But it's me. No fair. Dream me would definitely follow you. Um, real life me. You've seen enough. I think you've seen enough horror movies now that you could like, you'd be the, okay, it's Julia. She's dead, but that's it's okay. True. Yeah. She's I leading think so. into something. I think so. Because I also feel like, again, lessons for being a final girl is that you really can't turn away from the moments where you kind of have to be brave. Like you can't really... Like if you, we'll discuss later in another film, like if you walk into a room and it's a kind of creepy room, you can be like, nope, this is a bad deal and walk out. But like ultimately you can't, you have to confront whatever is really going on. That's sort of like the metaphor for this horror film. And there's no way of getting around that. Like if you don't want to do it. So I guess I would have to. Well, this movie also has uh, one of the other tropes that we, we are very baffled by mm-hmm. is that I would say 80 to 90% of horror movie main characters have names that end in Y. Yes. Or I-E. So the y, they end in the so Y sound. We have, we have Nancy here. You have Kirsty. You have Courtney. You Ashley. have... Ashley. Yes. Yeah. It happens a lot. I mean, I don't know if, if, if you... Next time you guys watch horror films, you really should pay attention to this. Like, And it's also for guys, too, because there's as there's final girls, but there's also final guys um, sometimes in horror films. And a lot of times they're... Andy, Marty. Totally. Yeah. And their names all end in Y, too. And what is that about? Like, I don't... Easier to scream. Somebody, somebody has the answer. Please, please tweet it to me because I have, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. So it's always fun in horror movies when they have shout outs to other horror movies. And we have Nancy yes. trying to stay awake and in part of this film uh, watching Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, and then we found out that I think it's an Evil Dead 2? Uh, or Army of Darkness, one or the other. One or the other? Yeah, that they he uh, that Sam Raimi paid Wes Craven back the favor, um, and they're watching one of Wes Craven's film on the, or somebody. It's like playing in the background um, when something else is going on in his movie. So I, I enjoyed that. So you have to you have to also remember that um, Marion and I uh, we've been best friends since college, and we are we are very very sweet looking girls. I would say <laughs> um, that that was very this was a very confusing thing to many people. We when we went to Gold Star Video, which is our our video store to watch them all, the mm-hmm. woman who ran it. Peru uh, was always very confused by our choices. Yeah, we would bring up this stack of like you know, f- and this is all on VHS, so it's like you know, a stack of like four or five VHS for uh-huh. the week. And what are you girls doing watching movies like this? I don't. Yeah, what? just so. I feel like in the beginning it. she thought it was like a school project or something, but then we're like we kept coming back. It'd be like, what? Why? Why? Like we're not we're not getting like a rom com or something like 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 that's all that's the only thing that we're getting. And then we were also I remember what was fun about it too is because I hadn't really heard about. I mean I think I I knew kind of the big ones, but I didn't know kind of any of the smaller ones like 
you know, Dead Alive or, you know, all these kind of things that um, we found out. So we were picking them by the cover art, which was really, which is kind of a really fun way to go, to go about it. I'm a, I'm a VHS uh, person. I still collect VHS. I have a thousand VHS color coordinated. Thank you very much. Um, and I miss, I, my first job was in a video store and I, and I miss the being able to browse the film by, by cover art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a, that's how we did it. So there was many films where we're like, oh, this one looks cool. And, and sometimes it was and sometimes it wasn't. But then yeah. that also meant that we were just kind of picking by cool factor. And so the, by the end of the year, we got through like a real long yeah. dry spell of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it'd be like, you know, movies that would be really good had the worst cover art. And then sometimes we're like the cover art or the title would be amazing. Like Shriek of the Mutilated extremely excited about that you know and then, that's so, a, such a good title I mean that is a great title and then sometimes it would totally hold up it would be like oh yeah that's exactly what that's a, that, that, that movie that movie's amazing and other times we would be like 20 minutes in just like looking over each other like can we go home now like, <laughs> I, don't I, watch I think we did a good job though we didn't we didn't turn off very much but I feel no. good about this is the you know Nightmare on Elm Street was a great beginning for it mm-hmm it was able for me to get a good a good first whack at what horror is. And I have to say that I kind of realized that I, I enjoy corrupting people a little bit. <laughs> I think that the fact that you had that you hadn't seen anything gave me kind of free reign to be like, okay, let's just get into this and like yeah. really go all the way. Um Marion's not into gore, which is something that we learned going in. I, I can not. I can take no. all the gore you can throw at me. Unless no. it's war or medical related, then I'm no use. In which case, I am fine. War, medical related, I have no problem. But like, yeah, I don't. And I also discovered that it's really like blood I'm okay with, but like flesh and bone and guts, mm-hmm. zombie stuff. That's pretty tough for me. That's 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 difficult. I look away. But that's, um, but that's why when we had our rating system, we have uh, our rating and we also have a gore rating because there's lots of movies that can be very, very scary that don't have very much gore. Right. So they're not mutually exclusive. And I want to give credit where credit's due. So I feel like if I can give someone something like a five in the gore factor, but like I still might give it a two because like not for me, but like mad props for but your gore. But the gore is there. Well done, gentlemen. You know, like, but yeah, I feel like, uh, but you know, I'm not going to ever watch you again, but there you go. Like that happens. Um, so we want to, we are, we are very, very excited to be doing this podcast. We are excited. We love talking about horror movies. We love horror movies to death. We, uh, are so excited to share some of the movies with us. So we, we, we're trying to do a kind of well-known, lesser known flip flop. So yes. this week you get Nightmare on Elm Street, which hopefully all of you have seen. Uh, next week we are very, very excited to bring on one of our very favorite horror films that not a lot of people have seen called Final Exam, which was from 1981. Um, and if you don't know who Radish is, get ready. Get ready to live, kids. You're in for a treat. Yeah. And also keep just going through the movies and really talk about it from the perspective of survival, from the perspective of, like, you know, being a final girl and what one does. And I feel like, because, yeah, even even my mom was like, what are, what are you doing? Like, why are you? But I'm like, no, mom, there's, there's gems of wisdom to be gained from these. That, trust me. It's not just. I'm going through some insanity phase. Like it's I exactly swear. like it's percentages. You're playing the odds. Like yeah. if you watch enough horror movies, when this horrible situation actually comes up in your life, you some animal part of your brain will, will revert back to it, and you'll be like, Bing. "I remember there mm-hmm. was a scene in Jacob's Ladder where this happened," and then you'll like it'll all Thanks, go Thanks, Jim Robbins. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Horror Movie Survival Guide. My name is Julia Marchesi. And I'm Marion Kerr. And uh, you can uh, tweet me any questions or comments or, you know, things. If you want to tell me why all the characters' names end with Y, please do. Please, I would love to know about that. Um, my Twitter handle is Marion, R is in Rose, Kerr, K-E-R-R. 
But your middle name isn't Rose. It isn't. But if I, but I feel like that's the easiest way for people to like remember the R. Otherwise, okay. they don't. And like this, like old man in Scotland, he gets all my tweets. Oh, yeah. Hi, old man in Scotland. <laughs> uh, you can tweet and or Instagram and or Facebook and or whatever social media you choose. Julia C as in cat. The middle name is Catherine, so there is the cat. Let's see the short name. I'm okay with that. I'm all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. C as in cat. Julia Julia C Marchesi M A R C H E S E, and we are here on Indie Popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. <laughs> We're into survival.